Welcome, boys and ghouls, to the Dads with Nerdy Ambitions podcast, your go-to source for nerd knowledge in the 21st century. And I have been joined today by the wonderful, the amazing, the impeccable, uh, the connoisseur of the darkness, Richard A. Delgado, the writer, the director, and founder of Rad Animation Studios. Uh, Richie, thank you so much for being on the show tonight. Uh, we're here actually to talk about your book. Uh, we are going to be talking about what everybody's fascination with vampires and you know, nerd out a little bit. Um, so we always like to start off the show talking about, you know, getting to know the person, uh, finding out what's in your nerdy closet. Uh, so Richie, welcome and thank you so much for being on the show tonight. Uh, yeah. Hey, hey, thank you, Steve. Thank you so much for having me on board. It's an honor and a pleasure to just sit here and talk to you about this. I'm very excited. Thank you. Uh, So I found him via through a friend on Facebook. Uh, We have a wonderful, adorable friend, uh, Amanda Raymond. And she was holding up this this book and saying thanks to you. And I saw the cover of it and I was like, Ooh, that looks cool. So thank you. Which is it's, this is the, the, the first book. If I correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, the first book in the the ancient chronicles. Uh, so you're writing a vampire series, and yes. and I saw this and I'm like, oh man, it's Halloween, getting close to Halloween. It is the October. You know what? Let's do an amp- episode on vampires. And we've got a guy that has definitely done his research. Uh, I have been very lucky to have a copy of this book, which you you know gracefully signed for me. Thank you so much. And you got to, I got to read it and I'm only about halfway through this book, but I'm very much enjoying it. Uh, Thank you very much. So before, before we get into the book, uh, you know, I know we brought you on to talk about it. However, you originally aren't a writer and you're somewhat of a triple threat in the uh, industry. Uh, So let's go ahead and let's talk about that. Uh, Talk to me about, about what goes into being an animator and, you know, what inspired you to build your own studio? Well, uh, it's it's a it's been a long long road. Mm-hmm. Uh, as like many other artists in the industry, I began my journey as a kid. Uh, you know, when I was sketching and doodling dinosaurs. You know, uh, that's how I began my drawing era. Uh, from there on, but uh, so so then I began from as as a young boy. Uh, my I have like eight siblings, first of all, and mm-hmm. they all love movies, mm-hmm. especially horror movies of all things, right? So I grew up watching them almost all the time watching scary movies. And I was just a kid. So I, I love my cartoons. Of course, you know, back then I, I was always enjoying my cartoons, but at night it was always horror movies with my with my siblings. And one of them just happened to be Anne Rice's Entered the Vampire. I think this was in 1994. That's the year yeah. that it was released. And I remember watching it and I was just so captivated by it. You know, I was the first time seeing these, you know, creatures, there's beings with glowy eyes and very pretty looking long hair, very aristocratic and old fashioned, you know? And I was like, what am I watching? You know, as a kid, I I was just confused. But then I got the scary parts and everything. And and I was like, no, I'm not watching this anymore. You know, (laughs) (laughs) it's kind of scary. Uh, So something and then from there of course I would get into they they started watching Bram Stoker's Dracula and other classical films uh especially the lot I think one of them also was the Lost Boys from this was uh, a nice. 89 89 or yes. 89 movie there you go and so all these movies you know became part of my 
my uh, growing up time and uh, besides cartoons and you know growing up in the 90s we all I loved the Disney time you know Disney movies like Lion King Aladdin Hunchback mm-hmm. and Not to Drown and all that and so at that point I said to myself I want to be an artist this is who I want to be for the rest of my life and my father's an artist um, I have a sibling who also draws a lot but he didn't pursue it as a career so when I told my dad he just said well, go for it. You know, if this is what you feel like, this is you, then I, you have my support. And he was just proud. And he's been proud since, ever since. Like, uh, they all been very proud of uh, since I began my artist journey. You know, I started from sketching to drawing to uh, doing all these, uh, you know, copying faces. I was trying to learn the anatomy and everything like that. But then I went to college, started to go into more in detail of that. And got my bachelor's degree, got my master's degree in Academy of Art University and in visual development, which is what I love the most, which is concept art, you know, drawing character designs, environments, and just creating worlds, you know, the visuals Mm -hmm. of everything. And at the same time, uh, I started my writing part of the, my writing part of the, of my career at the age of 13, actually. Uh, that's when I, I wrote my first, I guess I would say story. And it was about angels, actually. Uh, and, I, and that I actually finished it within a year, but I stopped writing for about a few years. Mm. Uh, I just got preoccupied with other things. But then in 2000, uh, well, when I was 19 years old, I began writing again. And it was, it just so, ha- it just so happened, it was right after Twilight. You know, we all know Twilight for sure. <laughs> so, and something about it, I just, something just told me I have to make my own vampire series. I just have to. Um, and, and I felt like this need to, to do it for some reason. And, and I love Van Rice. I respect her work. You know, she's one of the authors that I admire so much, you know, alongside with Stephen King, of course, the master. And then, um, so I began to write my own vampire series, which became the Ancient Chronicles. Mm. And so the first story, which is the one you guys have been having, is The Newborn. That novel is the introduction of my universe. It's sort of bringing back that sort of dark folktale of, mm. of the 18th century. It's, it's, it's in the 1700s. So the story is about Leonardo, who as a kid, you know, his family gets massacred, unfortunately, by a dark entity. He becomes a slave in the slave trade, an outcast in his own, in his own town, which takes place in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania in late 1700s. And from there, he, when he, at the age of 25, he meets a very reckless vampire, about 600-year-old uh, named Boris. And Boris makes him into a vampire. He brings him into this dark underworld that he didn't know existed. And so from being a slave and being you know, tortured as a mortal, now he's being taught the ways of being an immortal mm. uh, by Boris himself. And so as he goes on and learn all these secrets and codes uh, that's been passed down for centuries, you know, thousands of years, there's a lot of history. Um, there's a lot of turmoil. He becomes very like a rebel. He mm. seems that he does not want to follow their codes. He wants to be his own. 
his own persona. He doesn't want to. He want to. He doesn't want to be just like any of them. He wants to be something different, and he believes that be having his soul intact is key to that. So the story is just his struggle uh, of becoming either a true vampire or becoming a different type of vampire. And there's more to him. And so I don't want to keep spoiling because in the end- <laughs> yeah, You don't want to give away too much. You, yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah. I mean, it is a great story. Uh, and you definitely answered, went very deep into it. I love your, your little tangent there. Um, but I want to backtrack just a little bit yeah. because uh, you talk about how you grew up watching these horror movies right. and you, you've written since you were 13 and were drawing uh were you when you were doing all your writing and drawing were you focusing on the horror fantasy genres areas of medium well it, well in the beginning it, it was more it was more driven into sort of in the angel aspects mm. of things. It wasn't in the, I wasn't into the vampire, you know, I didn't want to do the vampire thing till I was 19 years old. Okay. Uh, but it started off with the angels because uh, as a kid, I, I mean, I was raised, I grew up and raised in a Catholic home. Mm. And so in a home where a lot of things happened, unfortunately we were, we're living in a house where one would say, well, it's haunted. <laughs> 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 it's a haunted house you know stuff happens you know things that people normally would say oh it's just bogus it's not real or there's some scientific explanations for these phenomenons but no I'm serious like my mom my, my parents my family has gone through so many things in their lifetime we've seen things they've seen things that other people will not believe in or mm. right now they might be a little more open to it but at that time no one really cared too much about it but it, it just became such a regular thing that we, it was just funny. We were already making jokes about our own ghosts. <laughs> we, were, we were calling in the shadow man or the figure or something like that, but just a lot of stuff going on. But is, is that what inspired you to was, do all these it, novels? It, it might've been a part mm -hmm. of it a little bit, no, but I think what really inspired me to, to do the vampire series, um, it was because at that time, I was seeing a lot of vampire series and TV shows, uh, movies coming out, uh, and something was missing. I was just not feeling the vibes that I used to feel growing up, you know? Uh, something was not hitting right. And I was like, well, you know what? I have, the, I have the ability to write a story. Why not just start writing my own story and see what happens from there? Because I wanted to sort of establish what the vampire lore is. I wanted to reintroduce them in a way that back in the day, they were introduced to me. And that's in, but what you did, in, in, in this, and, and this is not to critique you in any such yeah. sense, but you just described you were going to write a book. Yes. You've built an entire world. <laughs> like you've, I'm sure you have, a, a, a whiteboard in your basement somewhere with all these notes and all oh, these dude, conspiracy yeah, yeah, yeah. looking no, things. trust me when i first wrote the first book right yeah and i was I, I told myself you know there's 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 something here that i can build more on mm -hmm. and the, the history here could be vast and big so after i wrote the first novel i started brainstorming other characters bodies and other vampires that are getting introduced in the book um, and then other vampires or other characters. And then up to a point where I said to myself, you know what, let's do this. 
let's have some witches. Let's have mm -hmm. some werewolves. Let's have the classical monsters that we know about and all involved in the universe. And they all have their own roles, their own backstories, um, even the whole crossing over, you know what I mean? Like How something. hard was it uh, not to go down the rabbit hole with that though? It was pretty hard, you know, it, 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 it's pretty hard. I'm not gonna lie. I'm still trying not to go into like a rabbit hole on that right now because I'm still mm. building a timeline as we speak to, to make sure that I'm, I'm creating this universe, very vast universe of these creatures. And so I'm trying to make everything sense since the first immortal till now mm. or modern times, you would say. And I'm trying to make sure that I don't fall into some kind of hole where it just kind of becomes like a chaotic mess. So I'm trying to make sense all these events that leads up to this event that you're reading, that you're reading on. Mm. And Leonardo plays a very big role in this universe and and who he is. Um, so you, as you read along, there's going to be clues that they know that he's very special, that the other vampires see something different about him. Mm -hmm. uh, I've had questions of other reviewers saying, what makes Leonardo so different? Like, uh, I like the fact that they keep, the, the writer makes Leonardo a little mystery. Like, who is he? You know, who, mm. what's his background? And so I'm playing this whole sort of like Star Wars, Lord of the Rings. Like, I'm not trying to tell you all the answers in one book. Mm. You know, I'm trying to stretch it out. So it's been- As you tough, should. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's been a tough road, exciting road. But yeah, I, I try to make sure I don't get stuck because you can easily get stuck in this. Now, now and when you start off the book, you're starting in very old Pittsburgh, yeah. Pennsylvania. And then you, you traverse across the country. Uh, how did you are you trying to stay with historical accuracy and historical timelines as you go along with this or have you created your own timeline while there are similarities but because we have introduced you know witches and werewolves and vampires there are some things that are different and you know obviously it is fantasy and it is horror and it is exactly a pretend but like you know <laughs> how close did you try to keep it to historic accuracy there are times where I try to keep it accurate to historic, mm. but um, I think for the most part, I've been doing it very off history. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm building, like you said, my entire history within history. Okay. Uh, it's like my the dark underworld history in a sense. It, mm. I have like all the times and eras of our history and human history, mm. but they have their own too of what happens in that time. So I try to keep it accurate at first, but then there's a lot of loopholes. There's more, it's a little tougher than you oh, yeah. one can imagine because you have to make sure that this was probably a reason why it caused a revolution or it was part of the, uh, the civil war or this character was part of that war or something like that, you know, which mm. I can see it could be cool. But if you're building an entire universe, I think having your own history build upon what we have mankind's history that I think that will be a little more exciting to, to have the readers engage on because you know they know the history of our world, but yet they don't know the history of these dark creatures, their own history too. Some play into the role of our own history at times, but they have their own thing that they're doing. Uh, now, so when you're writing this book and while you're going with it, you have stuck with the what I would consider the traditional classic horror monsters. Um, 
now with your cultural upbringing and everything and because you did grow up in uh mexico did you want to introduce uh mexican spanish history uh folklore into it as well or are you trying to say northern american well there, the, the cool thing is that there's i've established a lot of uh i've written other stories besides the newborn like just mm -hmm. the synopsis of them and there are different clans there's different covenants of vampires all over the world mm. and each one have their own culture their own they're all within what's going on in their time period uh there's the spanish vampires there's even something that happens in latin america back in the aztec time mm. uh which i'm quite excited to release that book and story about the aztecs i i i yeah, I'm excited about uh, that. There's a lot going on, man. I mean, it's a lot of culture, his uh, monster indwellment here. So it's not mm. just North America. This one does take in the you know Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, 1700s in North America. But I mean, there's so many other covenants out there, you know, that they all have their own things going on. So yeah, there's going to be tons of other stories in different cultures. Yeah, it's it's a, that rabbit hole effect all over again as I ask the question. <laughs> I, I, it's, I'll say it, I'll blame it on the, because I do play Dungeons and Dragons, shocker, mm -hmm. as a nerdy guy. Um, so I'm constantly finding myself when I'm story building, going down rabbit holes like, oh, you've introduced this character. Well, what his, what's his backstory? And then you discover you're writing a whole series based mm -hmm. on that one specific character that you were just trying to build some background for. And I can only imagine if I if I'm having that struggles that you must be as well as a the professional writer and you know being published with all this and going oh man I want this in but oh my god I just added a whole new chapter that I wasn't even thinking about adding. Okay. Um, I mean I think what also helps with that mm -hmm. um, I'm I'm also trying to write a short story novel like a novel mm -hmm. based on short stories that will be based on the universe from different timelines. Hmm. Um, and then I have this other thing where my idea is to create at least more than nine novels of the Ancient Chronicles. Uh, so there's six novels that deal with the vampires. Um, some of them deal with the same character. It's his development, which is, you know, uh, I'm going to name some because I was just about to ruin one character right now. So I'm going <laughs> to leave it like that. But, you know, there are other characters that get introduced, so uh -huh. you can get the idea that there are other characters that play a role into what's going on. And then there's another series, mini-series, about the witches. Ancient Chronicles mm. still, but it's just the witches. Then there's the werewolves, and then there's these other two creatures, which I'm not going to mention yet, because, you know, they're not too, too publicly known yet, but they're being kept secretive. Um, so, yeah, it's like I said, it's, it's each one will have, like, a little mini series of books about okay. their stories and then a short stories and whatnot uh, those can be published uh, i think i'm thinking of publishing source short stories in my website at www.theinchronicles.com which is yes now, we'll add all links yeah. and everything at the yeah in this i'm thinking of we'll posting like plug. short stories yeah, yeah. yes I'm thinking of doing that for readers to go and just check all those out and see like a timeline and doing all that good stuff but i'm still trying to plan it all see how it works because I cannot tell the fascinating stories of the Ancient Chronicles within just four books. There's so much to it. So it's kind of, it probably is becoming my Lord of the Rings. I'm becoming the Tolkien of my universe right now. Now, do you have a person, because 
I would struggle to keep all these things, these ideas, secrets. So case in point, I'm going to say my D&D. When I come up with something clever, I have a vent spot. I have a person who I know will never have an effect to any of my games. Do you have a person that you're like, oh, my God, let me tell you what I came up with now? Well, that would be my wife, actually. (laughs) (laughs) If she can tell you right now, she she hates me in a good way. Yeah. Like every, every single idea, every single thing I come up with, I, she's the only person I go to, you know, okay. and she's my go-to person. I tell her, hey, hon, uh, what about, th- we're thinking about this story, or this happens next, or this, 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 and that, and she's like, how many stories are you trying, I mean, I, so many ideas, <laughs> like, she gets tired, you know. So, I, you you but, gotta have, but you gotta have that person, and the fact oh, that yeah. it's your wife, and, she, and she's her being so supportive. God yeah. bless her, you know, good for her. That is amazing. <laughs> my wife's not nerdy at all, but she supports me in all my endeavors. And so having That's that that foundation, absolutely. It's course, absolutely yeah. amazing. Um, you kind of answered this question, but I want to delve a little bit more into it because we were talking about Anne Rice. We talked about Stephen King. We talked about Bram Stoker. Um, you know, obviously these are all famous and renowned writers of horror and vampires. Um, mm-hmm. And you, you know, what what made you want to follow in their footsteps i mean i know you're saying like it, you you saw some things and i thought it was missing something but was there a, a light in your was or was this little voice in your head that said you know what i can do better than that i can do that or i can do something i think it would be cool yeah i mean like um like i said i think what really hit hit me in the head with that is when i saw twilight the first movie twilight and then I saw the idea of, no, no, I mean, my respects to uh, Stephen Mayer. She's a great writer. Mm-hmm. She built her own series. Kudos to her. She's, um, look, she has her own. It's it's not my fandom, not going to lie. Mm-hmm. As, right. as I know it is, is, there's other people out there. But because it's a fandom and there is a following and there's love and TLC, I have nothing yeah. but props for it. So yeah, I think yeah. it's silly that she's the great. vampire shine. As sure, a writer, but... yeah. yeah, as a writer, she's great. She's phenomenal, yeah. you know, respects and give a, a shout out to her. But when I was looking at it and everything, uh, me, like I said, me growing up with watching Interview with the Vampire, The Lost Boys, Bram Stoker's Dracula, mm. I don't know, something about, I just couldn't really get into the idea of vampires, unfortunately not, you know, they're glowing in daylight. That mm. just didn't really hit me right. And so um, I was looking at all these young girls sitting next to me or watching the movie. They were all giggling and laughing because Edward would have these nice little shots of them with like glowing eyes, you know, becoming, being like the pretty boy vampire, you would say. And so I get it. I get it. You know, vampires are supposed to be gorgeous beings. They could be bad, bad and evil, but they have their beauty and all that. So I got that idea. Okay, cool. But the whole, you know, there, there were things that uh, it just, um, I just feel like, no, something's not right. I mean, something for me personally, mm. I just didn't, it, something was missing. And at the time, even the other TV series, like um, Bad, what was that, uh, True Blood? That was oh, awesome. yes, you yes. Know, yeah, there was other stuff going on. And so, and, and, and I would watch interview, I, was, I would watch interviews with Anne Rice. And she was always being asked, what do you think about True Blood? What do you think about Twilight? Uh, what do you think about these and everything? I would listen to what she would be saying. And she would give them props. You know, she would pay them like, hey, they have my respects. They're, their own, they're writing their own thing. Cool. 
but she says something about glowing pretty boys just doesn't resonate with me <laughs> too well. <laughs> I like my vampires to be powerful and seductive, you know? And I was like, ah, okay. So as I was writing my first novel and looking at the at Anne Rice and Stephanie, something like I, I wanted to keep it classical because something mm. that really people I've seen that they enjoy is something that deals with his, with some historic time, not too modernized because I've seen some modern movies, some good, some bad, but somehow vampires have more authenticity when they're based in the time where there was no, not that much electricity or not that much technology. And that's what had the idea that the first novel would take place in the 1700s. For some reason, I always, I always thought that time period is a classic time period for vampires for some reason, I don't know why. And I chose Pittsburgh of all places, <laughs> not Texas or not California, you know, something was telling me do Pittsburgh, do, do Pennsylvania, the colonial okay. times, you know, because I think that time period in the colonial era, Pittsburgh was one of the top uh, colonies back then. So I ended up picking that one. And I didn't want to pick, pick Salem because mm. we all know Salem is very, very infamous with whole witch trials. Yeah. So I thought, no, I'll leave Salem on its own because I think if I were to make a witch, witch movie or witch story, then they would deal with Salem. That's his own thing. And then I just went into Pittsburgh and I, I love Pittsburgh. So my respects to Pittsburgh, I want to go there in person just to see and just to feel that, hey, I wrote a story about a vampire in this, in this town. Um, but yeah, like in this story, I just wanted to bring back something that I feel like was lost or blurred out okay. throughout the decades. And I feel this novel and this universe will bring that back to the audience that are craving for something like that. Something fresh yet remindful of these creatures are not your typical pretty boys. These mm. creatures are beings, are ancients, and they're beautiful, but they're powerful and they can be dangerous depending if they want to kill you or they want to make you like as a companion. Uh, you get lucky if they keep you alive, but these are like awesome immortal beings, you know, that they have so much wisdom, so much power, yet there's, like I said, there's beauty to them yeah. all at the same time. So I wanted to bring that feel to it. So this, hopefully this is what it's, what the first novel brings back to the readers. So far, my reviewers are going really well. So yeah. I like I said, I very much am enjoying it. Um since we're talking about your, you know, your whole story and character development and everything, um, let's talk about Leonardo here. Uh, you know, what was the inspiration behind him? And I'm curious to know because I always feel like the writer puts themselves and why not be the main character? How much of Leonardo is based off you or how you perceive yourself? Well. I, I like to I like to perceive myself trying to be different from okay. anyone around me in so many ways. I don't want to I always believe standing out from the crowd because I was raised not to be part of the crowd. <laughs> I was told, you know, be your own voice, be your own person, hmm. you know, uh, do what's right for you and for everyone around you for the greater good, you know. And so writing something like Leonardo in a story where he is it's in a world where he was being tortured. He, he went through a traumatic moment as a kid. Uh, and then 
the whole uh, learning the history of the vampires or keeping in keeping secrets from him, yet deciding whether he wants to be like them or not be like them, uh, the struggles that he would have or he has, it, it that's where I bring that in because um, I wanted him to to be that different person that 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 vampire that all the other vampires are seeing him like a threat because he's so different. He's not bending his ways or his will to accept this new immortality as they did. They mm. see that he can be somebody way different and bring something different to the table. So I, I think in that regards, that, that's what Leonardo represents, that part of me. But overall, I wanted to show the perspective of somebody who had no knowledge of the dark world um, to tell the readers that this is no joke. Like these vampires, this is what they do. This is what they love doing. They, they, uh, they don't just, you know, walking about and do their own thing. No, if they are needing to feed or they want you as their companion for a dark reason or for whatever reason, they're gonna get you no matter what. These are serious beings, uh, wisdom and powerful. So I wanted to introduce that world through Leonardo as well. So you're gonna try to get a sense of his terror that he has to face with ancient vampires too. So it's like an introduction for sure. Yeah, no, I uh, I like it. I also I want to apologize for like, slaughtering his name because I'm looking at it like the I don't want to say the, the we'll smooth go art the artist and you know I'm totally slaughtering how it's pronounced. So I um so, so we keep talking about the vampires themselves and see them in all through even now uh taika waititi's got uh what we do in the shadows and mm. there's 30 days a night and there was true blood there was twilight yeah. there is a billion differences uh oh my god there was one that was based on new york where it was like a parasite and oh my god is it, the, is it it's not called the uh uh it's going to drive me crazy, but yeah. more importantly, the point I'm trying to get is pandemonium. This is no, no, not pandemonium. Uh, by, uh, there was called, there was one called. Uh, it was directed by uh, Jordan, director. Uh, he actually directed the Interview of the Vampire, but he made his own movie too. This was, was this called, was a series. I think they did three or four seasons of it. It was all based on like New York City, like Manhattan. Oh, okay, and then it might be the wrong one I'm talking about because yeah. the one I'm talking about is called Bicentium. There we go. Oh yeah, no, that's not it. But I can't, it's like yeah. parasite or something like that. It okay, was, okay. Regardless, but it is all vampirism. <laughs> and the whole point of the, the this the statement was though is obviously like vampires have had a huge, 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 huge impact on pop culture. Um, yes, and so it's <clears throat> my my curiosity is, and I feel like you're the go to for this one is why is society so fascinated with vampires? Well, I would say uh, it's because, you know, I think since it started back in the, uh, you know, the first Dracula movie, I think it was back in the 30s or 40s, black and white. And then from there on uh, till now, modern times, something about them and it just kind of, I know at first you would say, well, it's because they're evil, you know, we're evil people. No, no, that's not the truth. That's not true. And I believe because society all of us have a little bit of vampire within ourselves because they represent power, authority. Uh, they represent 
you know, they have lust and, and their own ambition in life. They have immortality. And in many ways, in our own personal ways, we are someone like that. We want to be immortals of our own works, of our own lives, to be remembered of doing something great. And we have that ambition to be greater than life. And these vampires are exactly that. They're, they're powerful beings. And they also represent you know, beauty. We all want to be pretty looking or good looking. You know, wherever we go, we like to be very presentable, fashionable. So vampires have that down to the T. So there we go. And for the guys, I think the easy thing is that these male vampires are so good at what they do, they can just sedu seduce anybody just by a glare. And it doesn't matter who they are. And so we tend to sort of relate to that because we also want to catch anyone's attention, but just by a glare, just by a stare, just by a smile. And not too long ago, I think I saw, I saw a show hosted by William Shatner. It was, it was something about haunted history or something about haunted monsters, something like that. One episode was about vampires and monsters and whatnot. And towards the end of the episode, same question was asked about that. Why does society love these creatures? Why are they so fascinated with that? And what really, what I, what I really agreed on was that it's because they represent us in a way that we sort of want to be like them, not because they're monsters, but their beauty. They may be gruesome, but they have beauty within their own personalities. Mm -hmm. Their struggles, their, their attitudes, their personalities. And we all want that same thing. Something drives us to be almost similar in many cases. So that's why I think it, it has become something that we all are drawn to. We don't fully quite understand it, but it's there. It just sort of, we want to be like a vampire in a way. We just don't know how. Whether you want to be a good one, you want to be a bad one. <laughs> <laughs> but their capabilities, their powers, their, their uh, goals and their existence, you know, uh, I think that resonates with a lot of us in many cases. And I think that's why we just love them. We don't, we're not, we don't get easily scared by them, but something about them, there's something in there that tells us that we are just like that yeah. in real life. All right. So obviously I got to ask the question, <laughs> if given the chance, would you become a vampire? That's a very good question. <laughs> That's going to be, I mean, I mean, it's, it's such a silly question, but it, it really is. It's like, it's, what would you do if you had a million dollars? But what, no, yeah, you know, yeah, let's yeah. say uh, you were given okay. a chance and let's say it's, and we'll be specific here because there are a ton out there, ton of different flavors. Right. Um, if given the chance to become one of your vampires. Well, in my own universe, I would definitely go with vampire. I would have to go with Leonardo. Okay. And even though it's a little bit of, uh, something happens towards the ending. I'm not going to ruin it, but he just represents a part of me okay. and who I want to be in life too. Mm -hmm. So his backstory and everything, uh, once his story is fully told, 
at some point, you're gonna you're gonna see why I chose him of all okay. the other vampires in the story. Okay. Um, there's gonna be other vampires that are also just as powerful or more older, but for me, I will go with Leonardo for sure. Okay. So far, so, right now, Boris is becoming pretty popular. Though. It is coming back too. <laughs> it is. It's crazy. Well, I don't know if you've seen this. I mean, well, you live out in LA, so you know, killer clowns from outer space is making a huge have you not seen this like it is making yeah yeah okay so this (laughs) movie from the 90s or 80s right literally called killer clowns from outer space and it is essentially zombie aliens because the only way you can kill them is by shooting them in the nose and that's you know that's how they die i'm sorry if i'm spoiling this movie for anybody who didn't see it in the last 30 um, years (laughs) so uh but it has made a cult comeback to the point they have a video game coming out they have three movies coming out uh and universal studios their halloween night is killer clowns from outer space and it legitimately all came out of nowhere like absolutely came out of nowhere threw me off um (laughs) but yeah i I don't know why i brought that up i can't remember now (laughs) <laughs> so, bringing back stuff man. yes yeah the, oh yeah about. because of the boys <laughs> yes um so now i to, to, to answer my own question on that though because i did want to answer this is if i were to become a vampire have you ever read or watched 30 days of night i have i actually have uh the, the two of them the first one and the second one i watched it yeah i, I didn't know it. there was a second one. Oh my god yeah, i think it's called the uh dark dark days Dark Days, I think. Oh, so that is literally the comics. That's awesome. Yeah. Right, so I, if I'm going to become a vampire, I want to become one like that because not because I'm like they they're, they are they are extremely different. They are more predatory monster, and yeah, I liked it. I liked yeah. the dead shark eyes and the the mangle mouth of just fangs, and shark it was just fangs oh, and everything. They were terrifying, <laughs> and yeah. that's. It was, and it was, it was very different. And I was like, if I'm going to be a vampire, I'm going to be something horrific and monstrous. I don't want to be like pitter patter and what side of the fence am I playing? Where you're right, like, right. I, I'll play the fence. And I'm like, no, we're, we're just going to go straight monster here. Um, <laughs> but it's, it is, it is, it is, it's, it's one of those things. I, I also put it in the same sense as like with the, all the zombie fascination. It's like, how long do you think you're going to survive a zombie apocalypse? In my head, I'm like, I'll last it forever. In reality, I probably got about two weeks, and that's loving those days. Me stuck in the house, you know. No, uh, yeah, yeah. No, there's a lot of zombie stuff going on too right now at this yeah. point. It's, the past decade, I think, has been ruled by zombies. I think. Uh, I, I think one of my favorite zombie movies right now mm. has to be Train to Busan. Have you seen it? I have not. It's mm. a Korean movie. Okay. Uh, it's really good. Um, I'd say it's top first uh it used really? to be world war z <laughs> you seen that one i hated that okay okay yeah, i love the I book mean, I mean, so i'm the book person and <laughs> if you ever so here's my problem i would have enjoyed the movie yeah if they hadn't sold it like it was going to be the book and it is with the exception of the original super mario brothers movie mm-hmm. it is the closest i can get to inaccuracy with what it was based off of uh, okay. like it, it shares the title and it shares the main character and that's it 
that is oh, absolutely yes they both have and i'll say zombies with air quotes but because <laughs> it was that i couldn't enjoy the movie for you know what it was eventually i went and watched it i'm like all right it's not bad but it's not world war z and that's right what made it frustrating for me and i also have to put this on on mm. the era is that i think um the director um uh, george romero he for he, did he he's do World War Z? Behind, he, he's the director behind all the Living Dead movies. Yes, 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 yes. He's a he's a master in zombie films. I, I believe he's like Dean Rice in zombies. Yes. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, he's his movies are great. Uh, but I was surprised with Train to Busan when that came out. Mm. And I didn't think too much of it because I mean honestly, I wasn't too much into Korean movies, um, you know, because I'm so used to the American movies and stuff like that. But when I saw Train to Busan, I was pretty much blown away by it. I was like, wow, it's not scary. It's scary, but it has also drama into it. There's sadness into it. There's actually a story. You, you quickly follow it. And it's pretty, I'm like, wow, it's intense. And it, it's sad at the same time. Yeah. So it was like a mix of emotions with that movie. So uh, that's what I liked about it. It was not just about gore. It was not just about blood, but there's something. It's it's so interesting that you bring up like Korean culture because like legitimately I I go to, oh my God, I can't believe I can't think of the Netflix series right now that everybody was fascinated with. I was one of them. I Um, think I knew you come out. Yes. All of us are dead? Huh? All of us are dead? No, 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 no. Well, that one was also great. Yeah. Um, Oh my God, what's the stupid show that was on Netflix? Regardless, but the, I don't know if you know this, but the reason that there's been such a high boost in quality entertainment from South Korea is because the Korean government is trying to help alleviate, uh, you know, the unemployment and help with jobs and everything over there in South Korea. And so they put a lot of money into their, I guess, their entertainment industry. Like they have taken over and so they're putting money out there for writers producers directors everything that they can possibly so you're getting i don't want to say you're getting a non-hollywood you're getting more indie style stuff instead of like corporate hollywood if you will you know what i'm saying it's it's not run by warner brothers it's run by you know view ask you before you know kevin smith did everything that he was doing that style of style they're getting a lot more that yeah original thinking out there and i think that's really neat too but the tangent for a side tangent there yeah, um, oh yeah they're uh, doing a great job you know their movies are really top-notch yeah um i know we kind of talked about like the rabbit holes and everything but uh i'm curious so was there any other difficulties that you had with writing these novels were you worried about anything mm, i think the only worry that i had in the past was that getting too close to becoming too much of and rice influence where mm. it becomes like an instant replication for other people like i wouldn't want somebody to come to me and say hey your story is exactly like and rice you know uh, i'm like no 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 that's not what i wanted at all um you know i believe the first novel was influenced by Anne rice of course it's influenced by her and my, I feel right now as my responsibility as a writer, especially in this genre that I'm creating my own, my own universe. And then knowing recently that, uh, like I think you might've heard, Anne Rice had passed away. 
Mm. Uh, may she rest in peace. Uh, when she passed away, and then all these uh, memories started shooting up in my, you know, and I started thinking about the times that I was watching in the movies and hearing about her. And that's why I just told myself, you know, I'm going to try to make this not just for me, but for her, her memory, and for all the people that love the genre, all the vampire fans, because we just lost a phenomenal writer in the genre. And I don't know, I just feel like this uh, sort of calling, in a sense, you would say, that it was time for someone to bring it up to the next level where she or to continue on the legacy. And, mm. and so I was like, you know, this could be the next, the next, the next story, the next universe after that. You know, Anne Rice built a foundation. She she helped create it and she did a phenomenal work. Now, who knows? This could be my goal is to try to make it the next thing for the next generations Very to come. Cool. So I think that also is part of that goal of that. But yes, one of my fears was that somebody was going to come to me and tell me, well, your story is exactly like hers. You're being like a copycat or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, no, no, not at all. I'm giving my respects to her. I, I love her work. I don't want to be the next and rise. You know, I want to be my own voice. But if I want to do come from a background where I grew up watching her. I grew up watching her stories, Bram Stoker and all that. And they helped influence to create this universe. And it's not the only universe. And it's not the only stories that I'm, I'm potentially trying to write for the, my entire life. You know, there's mm. other animation stories that I have up my sleeve that I'm developing as well. You know, keeping a little bit aside, uh, down low on those. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's not the only thing. But I'm very, very grateful that I'm tackling such a massive um, genre like this because I feel like I'm living a little fingerprint of my own if i'm able to do it successfully and people love it and then that to me is my oscar i don't need an oscar i don't need an awards for it um my award is just the people to bring something that they've loved in the past and they're like oh man i remember vampires were like this before oh i love that and they're bringing it back cool i like this writer he's doing it again see that that's what i want to do that I respect that. I love that. That's yeah. that's that's how you know you, you the passion and the love and the the TLC is there, and you can tell in your story you have definitely put that TLC in it to make sure it is continuing the tradition and showing that there is love and gratitude. And she, she, let's be honest here, Anne Rice definitely set the bar super freaking high, and oh, yeah. you know she is a founder of what it is for vampirism. And so exactly, yeah. you can't have a vampire story without some type of inspiration from yeah. it. I, I think I always, I always put it to the, the the same joke of regardless of whatever you're doing, you know, the Simpsons did it first kind of mentality. No matter what you've come up with, the Simpsons did it first. There's always going to be somebody that has done it, but you're not not being original with your story. And your story is original. I like that. I, I loved everything about it so far. Um, so i don't i see the inspiration i see the tlc and the love in the story but i don't see like you taking from her or everything this is definitely a you story um so i i want to wrap up with you know we've talked a lot a lot about this uh this this story here and you talked to you mentioned that you were 
looking at werewolves and witches and yes. going from that um what are your next what is the next alleys that you plan on doing and which area do you think you're going to focus on first in terms of the uh like the your, your novels or... yes yeah, so, yeah let's well, let's start with the vampires you know are you know how far do you think you're going to go down this path with them or are you going to stop with your vampires for a little bit and then focus on werewolves or something of that sort I, I will, I'm gonna go based on how I feel at the moment. Mm. If the moment feels like I can do a werewolf novel to introduce the the world of the werewolves, then I might just go ahead and do that. And mm. then after that could be introduction of the witches. I could do that too. Uh, and then come back into the vampire lore, into the vampire universe. Um, so it could be something like that because uh, recently I have been expressed some interest from producers uh, about the newborn and mm. they gave me the idea the push just to push the idea that if you have already a synopsis or or something about the other immortals already kind of pre-written and everything then you're already establishing something that for other producers that could be produced into feature films or a tv series it's not just about Fun. the vampires but you're showcasing that you have other people other beings out there already online and mm. so i was like yeah that was uh absolutely um so it's i may stick to the vampires for this one and the next book is about vampires again uh which actually is a prequel to the newborn the oh, next I book is a love prequel. prequels yeah <laughs> I always love and prequels. actually it dates back 1300s in the 1300s so it's way okay. back yeah so, but it, it serves as a prequel however there's some connections to it and some characters return uh but the next book after that would probably be or well, the third book actually is not even about the vampires it's actually about the angels which i think that would be having another conversation because of the, that's a different universe that's a different <laughs> but no worries. we'll get into that later yeah. so well i will that. say this because i live up in the new england area if it has to do anything you ever want to do with the great old ones so, you know the witch trials and all that this is definitely the area and you're more than welcome to come up here and hang out and there you go, there we'll, you we'll go. go do all the, the ghost <laughs> and spooky stuff actually my hometown and i've talked about this on the podcast before but my hometown uh there's a house that is the movie a haunting of connecticut is based off of oh i like that movie yeah that i i've i've actually been to that house and didn't realize it wow. I, and i'm like oh that's the house no 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 like I, I don't want to say i'm i'm not a believer but i'm not a non-believer in the paranormal act of the world however i'm also got the guy that you know takes a stick and pokes the bear just in you know i'm, I'm good i don't need to yeah. mess with it <laughs> if it exists and it's not bothering me hey that's awesome i don't care i don't need to yeah. poke the bear because you know i will be that dude that dies you know running into the farmhouse i can already tell you you know it's I, i'm I, I know i'm not gonna make it through horror movies um but so i think we've you know we this is a great spot to wrap this up though um so sir where can the good people out in the wide world of nerd nation uh where can they find you yes um they can follow me on instagram i'm very mm -hmm. active on instagram and facebook uh on instagram is uh at the underscore ancient the ancient chronicles they can follow me there and if they also want to follow me on my personal page which is the artist page it's not personal it's an artist page 
Uh, it's at Richie with the Y at the end, underscore Axel, A-X-L. And once you follow that one, you every every account is connected to one another. So mm -hmm. it should be easy on, the, on my bios. And then on Facebook, I'm on there as well, Chronicles and Richie Axel. I do have Twitter, but I'm not very, very active on Twitter, unfortunately, these days, because Twitter- There's too many social media. There's too yeah, much out there. <laughs> Twitter's just so much, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on there. I just, uh, yeah. But Instagram, you. yeah, Instagram, Facebook, and I do have my own website that I had mentioned before, www.theengineerchronicles.com. You guys can check it out there. You can check out my website. I got some cool merchandise there too, like t-shirts. Uh, uh, I think we have custom bookmarks. And um, if you want to buy a paperback or an ebook, you can also do there on my website. So nice. the book is also available on Amazon, all online merchants for the most part. So, but if you want a, a personalized signed paperback, contact me and we'll get that done. And I'll send you a signed personalized paperback. And I, I can vouch for that, ladies and gentlemen. I do have a copy that he was <laughs> very gracefully enough able to send me a copy. It. Yeah, no, just, thank just you so having much. you guys support is amazing. Uh, you Absolutely. guys drive me to make this universe bigger than what it is. And this is for you guys. That's what I'm that's my goal. I, I love that. I love that. And Definitely anytime you want to come back on, we have an open door policy. I would absolutely love to sit down and talk about every, your future endeavors uh, whenever we can get you on, sir. Absolutely. Um, we can definitely talk more about the other book, The Angels. Yes. And that's a different world. I'm telling you, that's a different thing. That's, I, I love it. I love it. So go. let's go ahead and wrap this up. As always, please like, subscribe, and follow us wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you are listening to us on Apple or Spotify, please remember to rate and review. We're also on Instagram and Facebook, so please like and follow us at DNA Pod and on Twitter at NerdDNA Pod or on our webpage, nerddnapod.com. I'm your host, Steve Pugh, and I have been joined by the connoisseur of the darkness, uh, the caretaker of the undergloom. Mr. Richard A. Delgado. Sir, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you, Steve. It has been an thank absolute you. pleasure. And if I, in case I just don't get an episode out just before Halloween, ladies and gentlemen, happy Halloween. Happy Halloween, everybody. <laughs> Thanks.